This is Red Pod. Red Pod. Red Pod. Red Pod. A podcast from Red Hot Publications. Red Pod. Red Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening out there in podcast land. This is Robert Knipe coming to you live from the plush welded studios of Catawba Valley Community College. It is another episode of Red Pub Pod from Red Hook Publications. I'm here today with my graphic artist par excellence, <laughs> Melanie Zimmerman, with the multiple ends at the end. And today we are going to talk to two wonderful local creatives, poet Scott Owens and photographer bar none, Clayton Joe Young. So how you fellas doing today? Doing well, thanks. Pretty good. Or tonight or next <laughs> week or whenever people are listening to this <laughs> podcast. They, these guys have a new book coming th- from Red Hawk Publications called Round Here, Images from and Near Catawba County. And it's poems by Scott Owens and photographs by Clayton Joe Young. Let me remind you about who these guys are. Uh, Scott Owens is the author of 20 collections of poetry and recipient of awards from the Academy of American Poets. His poems have been featured on the Writer's Almanac eight times. He holds degrees from Ohio University, UNC Charlotte, and UNC Greensboro. And he is also the owner and operator of Tasteful Beans Coffee House and Gallery, in Hickory, North Carolina, and you're also the coordinator of Poetry Hickory. That's How many right. years have we had Poetry Hickory? We are in our 18th year now. 18 years of that second Tuesday in every month. Yep. That's wonderful. Clayton Joe Young is the author of 11 books and is an award-winning photographer with a background in photojournalism. In 2014, Young earned the Certified Professional Photographer's designation from Professional Photographers of America. And in 2015, earned an MFA in photography from Savannah College of Art and Design. And uh, Joe has worked with Red Hawk a lot. Scott has published quite a few books through Red Hawk Publications, but Joe has worked with us on with students taking photographs for the uh, Newton Then and Now book, the Hickory Then and Now book, the uh, Salem Lutheran Church book that we just did. Uh, what else, Joe? The yeah, the, oh yeah, the Ridgeview work we did. Uh, Henry River Mill Village mm-hmm. was like the, one of the first ones that we worked on. N- nimble so, and Tenacious. Oh yes, Nimble and Tenacious, mm-hmm. the history of Catawba Valley Community College. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these books are available on redhawkpublications.com where you can visit any time of the day or night. And if right now, if you use Fall 23, that's F-A-L-L-2-3 at your end of cart work, you will receive 25% off your entire cart. So, round here. Fellas, how does collaboration come about? I think it was my idea. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly. Well, in the, in the coffee shop, Joe and I had done a collaboration years ago called uh, Country Roads. And uh, it was, uh, he had sent me a bunch of photos and asked me if uh, I could write poems to go with them. And um, so it was kind of driven by the photos at that time. Um, and up at the coffee shop, we've had copies of the book av- available. Uh, and I would see people looking at them, and then they would come up quite often and say, hey, hey, where, where is that house? And I would say, well, you'd have to ask uh, Joe, because I don't know exactly. I think that one's in Iredell County. And they'd say, 
well, I, I thought it was here in Catawba County. I've seen a house looks just like that here in Catawba County. And I said, no, I think that one's in Iredell County. And then they'd walk out without buying the book. And I think after enough times <laughs> of that, I thought, well, I need a book where I can say, yeah, that's here in Catawba County. So, uh, and, and over the years, I had been writing plenty of poems about um, Catawba County locations. So I finally reached out to Joe and said, hey, let's, let's do another book, but let's do it the opposite way. I've got all these poems, and uh, some of them I know you have photos that go with them because I've seen the photos in some of the books that you've already mentioned, like uh, West of Mercy is one that I saw in uh, mm-hmm. The Birdhouse. Um, and uh, so I just reached out to, to Joe and asked him about it, and he said, yeah, I'm so busy I couldn't possibly do another book, but okay, let's do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's much harder with this book. It was a lot easier taking a lot of pictures and just giving them to him. It's a little bit harder going the other way around. Um, one thing, and also I, I brought back, usually I bring my students in every year, and we take pictures of downtown Hickory, and we were doing like an alphabet series, and he saw that, and that kind of gave him an idea, too, to, to get started on this publication. Yeah. Yeah, because I noticed back in the acknowledgments, Scott, that some of the poems have appeared before. In fact, there's a poem in this book that comes from your book that you did uh, for us, um, oh, blast, I can't find it now. Um, Is it at the acknowledgments? Oh, you're at the yeah, end. there's okay. Prepositional and Sky Full of Stars and Dreaming. So some of the poems are from there. Um, and uh, so, Joe, you these these photographs have not appeared anywhere else. There's a couple of them that have. Okay. Okay, but the majority of them are where you've They're gone all, out and... Yeah, most of them are new photographs I've taken in the last year. Okay, because uh, the book is a really nice size. It's an 8.5 by 11 full-size portrait book, and it's in full color with the best paper that the uh, printer will allow. So it presents very, very well. Um, Scott, uh, there's a there's a poem in here called Mill Village. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a photograph of the Henry River Mill Village. Uh, other poets have tried to tackle Henry River Mill Village. What made you want to tackle Henry River Mill Village? Well, I think it, at a certain point in writing the poems or gathering the poems, I, I, it just kind of seemed to me like we should have a poem about most, you, you can never do all, but most uh, familiar and recognizable sites in Catawba County. And... Um, you know, if I'm talking to, if I'm traveling and talking to people about Catawba County and what they ought to do if they're going to visit Catawba County, um, at least driving through Henry River Mill Village is, is one of the things I always mention. Uh, everyone has the association with uh, uh, District 12 from um, um, Hunger Games. Games. Yeah, thank you, Hunger Games. <laughs> the, you know, the older I get, the more often I have to do that, oh and I'm always God. happy to have people around who will fill in the words for oh, me. You'll have to fill in words for everybody because yeah. I do the same thing. <laughs> and um, I, uh, I can remember the process um, on a lot of these. This photo already existed, I believe, and um, I saw it somewhere. I don't exactly remember in which book I, I saw it or it might have been on, uh, Joe has some prints that he keeps up at the shop uh, available to sell as well. Uh, it might have been on one of those, but I did think it was the perfect picture uh, for to go with the poem. Joe, uh, Clayton Joe Young is nodding. 
Let's turn that up. <laughs> from a book with Tim Peeler that we did, uh, the one of our first publication. Yeah, the, the we see what we want to see, yeah. okay. which is a, one of the earliest publications from Red Hawk Publications, where Tim Peeler had. Now, remind me, Joe, were those poems that you went and took pictures, or were those pictures where Tim wrote the poems? It was kind of both. Kind, kind of both worked off each other with that one. And this was also before the property had been purchased by the investors, Calvin Reyes and his family. So a lot of it was uh, was run down, and it, it didn't seem like it was long for the world. I was worried that the book wasn't the only thing that lasts above the place. That's yeah. one of the reasons I worked really hard on that one. Yeah, we figured that that might be the last remnant of uh, Henry River Mill Village, but uh, apparently the, the Reyes family has decided to, to keep it, and they are slowly but surely you know, making it uh, a place that people want to go, a destination. It's nice when there's a happy ending to something like that yeah. where instead of going to ruin it, it's picking itself back up. Exactly. We were able to get something in that book right before it went to press mm-hmm. that uh, let everybody know that it had been had been saved. Um, well, I think that the Mill Village and, and that photo in particular, I mean, if, if you came to this book without any prior knowledge of Henry River Mill Village, and you looked at the photo, you would think that this was a photo from 1930s, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. nothing in this photo that says, hey, this is 2023. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that was my motivation for this book, was the way in which Hickory and Catawba County, uh, uh, in a larger sense, has retained history. Uh, I lived for 10 years in Charlotte, and not to say anything bad about Charlotte, but the, the, the modus operandi in Charlotte was anytime they needed a, a new space, they would just knock down whatever old was there. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, in Hickory, we don't seem to do that. We transform old into something new while retaining some character from the old as well. And uh, so I, I appreciate that about Henry River Mill Village. I appreciate that about Hickory and Catawba in general. And so... That leads to the question that I have about your 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 chapters in here, your separators. We have the first section is called used to, U-S-E-D and then capital T-O, used to. And then we have, um, after that, still, S-T-I-L-L. Then we have a section called web... Web work. Web work. Yeah, web work. Uh, and then, is that the last section, Melanie? Yes. Yeah. What what do those names and what do those sections represent to the person going through this book? There was one final section called Keeper. Oh, Keeper, yeah. yeah. Oh, Keeper. Sorry. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't know that, that uh, a writer can ever answer that question adequately because when they're creating, they probably know exactly why they choose that. And as time goes on, it takes on additional meaning. Um I tell my students that whatever the writer thought they were saying doesn't really matter because 10 minutes after they thought they said it, their mind has changed, their life has changed, their identity has changed. So the words don't mean quite what they did at the time that they said it or wrote it. And I think that's the case with anything. Um, Used to, I I really like that because it is uh, just by itself, uh, it has double meaning. Um, you can talk about things that you are used to, mm-hmm. um, things that are familiar, and that certainly plays a role in the poems and photos that we have in this book. But it's also, this is how things used to be. So mm-hmm. it has a double meaning right off, and both of those meanings work very well with what we have going on uh, in this book and in these poems. And if you went through it, 
I couldn't tell you now without going back and looking, but I know the phrase used to is used at least three or four times in poems in the book, and usually either at the very beginning or the very end mm-hmm. of the poem. There's one poem called Used yeah, there's to. there's one fact, poem. But, yeah, I like that poem. I yeah. like that poem a lot. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, one of my favorite pieces of work in here. It's a poem called Thinking About the Next Big Bang in the Galaxy at the Edge of Town. Yeah. And then there's one in here about the streets, the mm-hmm. street names and things Lost like in that. He- is it Lost in Hickory? Yeah. Yes, awesome. Yeah, that's the one. And that's where I kind of applied that idea of used to because that's how we give directions around here. Yeah. You say you have to go down here where old Hutto's store used to be yeah. and turn left by the tree that used to be there that was struck by lightning in 1951. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> well, see, that's how you can tell how long somebody's lived here because, um, you know, you, you could say going from Springs Road to Lenore Line, well, you know where the old Tasty Freeze used to be. Well, no, if they didn't know that, well, do you remember it being the ABC store? And if they don't know that, well, do you know where Substation 2 is? Yes, I know where that is. Well, you've been here for the last five years. Yeah. So it's it's you can't get anywhere in Hickory without a landmark. That's just that's the way it is. Definitely well, one we can all relate to with the, the street names, too. I don't know what, <laughs> what they come up to. That's this, why that's this poem, a- actually, uh, the poem that... Um, with the title used to actually begins with a story that I've, I've told over and over again. And this was true in uh, backwoods, South Carolina, where I grew up. Uh, I once heard my grandfather give directions to someone um, saying, turn left right there where so-and-so used to keep his goat mm-hmm. tied out under there, that oak there tree. There you go. There and you go. The goat it. had been dead for years. The man had been dead for years. <laughs> and the tree had been knocked down in the last couple of years. That's so it. none of those things were still there. Yeah. But it. that was how they gave directions. And in Hickory, nobody gives directions with street numbers. You because can't. you can't say, go through the intersection of second and second. And then two blocks later, go through the intersection of second and second again mm-hmm. without people thinking that you've lost your mind. <laughs> So that's right. And the poem used to is faced with one of our famous then and now photographs from downtown Hickory, uh, where Joe, you have, do you remember what photo, what the older photo was that you borrowed in this? Uh, I believe it was something I got from the Catawba Valley, uh, Catawba History Museum. Okay. We did a book, when we did that book with the uh, we did one with Hickory. We did, with, we did one with the Newton, but there were some pictures of Hickory also there. Okay. Some I got from the Patrick Beaver Library also. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because what the what the the then and now photographs usually do, what the what Joe's students have done in the past is they 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 find an older photograph of some kind of architecture or something interesting in in the town. We've done it in Newton and Hickory. And then they go to the place where the photograph was taken, get as close to the exact same angle as they possibly can, shoot a new picture. So we've got two presentations of that particular area. Then they go into Photoshop and they merge the two together to kind of give you a then and now kind of look and sometimes even show you what Scott was talking about, how the architecture does not change. Mm Over many, that's many what, years. That's the fun part of that. Some of these places, again, they look familiar, but it's been torn down. I like it when people are interacting with the two pictures, like from the old picture to mm-hmm. the new. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a, it's a lot of fun even finding out where the photographer stood, the time of year, the yeah. angle, like the focal length. And it's, just, it's, a little, it's a kind of exciting process. And then blending the two together is a lot of fun, too. That's a, that's a challenge, but fun. And this is something that really Joe started in the original uh, Henry River Mill Village book 
where Joe was uh, taking Polaroids and photographs and photographing the area that the original photograph was, was taken and then placing on that photograph the older photograph and then taking a third photograph, which made it look like the people who were in the photograph on the front porch were sitting on that front porch. And then we decided to carry it a little further, and Joe says, oh, it'll be excellent for the students to play with that. So mm-hmm. we've had so much fun with that. I, I, I really enjoy doing that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. I love seeing it in this book to give people an opportunity to see that process and understand I how that works. I thought about doing one uh, in Alexander County. I was talking to the library there, and they have a pretty big archive, and that, that might be the next one for the students to work mm-hmm. on. Yeah, we would love for Alexander County to want to do a book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's cool about what you're saying is that that type of photography shows how history persists. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we don't think about the past being present in the present, but it always is. And uh, that's a big part of what's going on in this book and, and the poems and the photographs. Um, there are several poems in here about trails. Um, this is uh, the year of the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, has been declared as the year of the trail. And, of course, this coincides with Hickory doing an awful lot of work on um, city walk and uh, art walk and the book walk and all these different urban trails. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to the fact that this whole area was uh, initially settled, if you will, uh, because of an intersection of Native American trails. So from the beginning, this area has been about trails. And here we are now, in a sense, overlaying trails across the mm-hmm. history of trails. Marvelous. Yes. Yes. The, the Hickory Tavern originally was set up with the railroad tracks. Yeah. So you've got trails of the railroad tracks there. And and even recently on this for this poem you've got in here called Still, Joe has got a photograph of um, this is the back of what business is this the back of in downtown Hickory? That, that's the the old Hickory brewery where they actually okay. do the brewing. Okay. There was just a, 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 a post on Facebook of somebody trying to raise money to redo that advertisement for I, Royal Crown Cola. I've never even noticed that advertising you told me, and I had to really kind of yeah. look at it, and I used like a polarized lens to help me see it, but that's something I pass every day and never notice. Yeah. Well, they call them ghost, uh, what is it, ghost prints, ghost... Ghost signs or ghost... ghost signs, that's it, ghost yeah. signs, yeah. The, the, because it, was, it used to be very common to, to paint brick walls as a form of advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you still see it um, if you go into really old towns or just places that no one ever removed the painting. And we have one here in Hickory. And that's, again, ironic because the most popular thing going around in Hickory and just about any other town right now is the creation of murals. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a commercial mural, but it's still a mural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it retains an older logo for a soft drink that most people in the area are familiar with because you've got your RC Cola. That's the Royal Crown Cola, mm-hmm. RC and a moon pie type thing. And uh, there's there's one on Old Lenore Road. There's an old automobile plant or something that's got Rambler yeah, yeah. on the side of it yeah. that that ghost letters are still mm-hmm. existing there. And there's Edsel somewhere on that same thing. So you've got these cars that aren't manufactured anymore, but there's their logos. So the past is present (laughs) at the same time. So when you spot an intriguing image, how long does it take you uh, or how how complicated is your process to capture that image as you imagine it? And what makes me think of that is the image of 
the the looking down on the pitcher of tea <laughs> and the interesting composure or composition of that photograph and the bubbles in the around the ice the ice is clearly not brand new ice it's been in the tea for a while you got to let it soak for a while right yeah <laughs> how do you do you just click a lot of them at once, or is there um, is there a process you go through where you say? I think it's like that for anything. Like even a lot of these places, he gives me a location, and, and even like the, the Darbaker Playground, I went back to several times, and I just kind of reevaluate it. Like the first time, I might just there's a picture of a picture of tea, and then I just start looking for lines and shapes, and somebody designed that picture. Like there's an artist involved with the originally. And look for something different, like a different angle mm-hmm. perspective. That's why there's even a lot of there's some drone shots in the book that give people a different perspective of places like the Bunker Hill Cover Bridge. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen it that way before. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times just thinking of some new way to looking at things. It might be a bird's eye view or a worm's eye view. But just trying to show something that everybody recognizes, but it looks different. Okay, because even the logo of this book that is on the pre-title and the title page the words round here are found items that uh, spell out the title of the book. They look like an R. The, the item looks like an O. We have um, railings. We have, uh, is that a is that like a Duke Power? Uh, it's on that little trade alley if you walk around yeah, behind. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, an electric meter of some kind or a light meter of some kind. Uh, how do you do this? I just... The way I try to look at everything, I look at partially if I was going to draw something, the shapes it would make. But you got to look at things abstractly if you're going to be a photographer to kind of get past that, like, oh, this is a power box or whatever. And try to look at what else can it be or can it look like something else. And that's kind of what got us started with this book. I, took, I showed um, Scott some pictures, and I made a whole poster of it. And I had students do it every year. It's a good challenge for them. Because mm-hmm. they walk by this stuff and they don't, like, yeah. oh, look, there's an R. And it's like going to Disney World and you see the hidden Mickeys everywhere. I just, uh, that's a good way to see things differently, to look, being a more creative eye. I think it's interesting that, you know, both of the creatives we have in here today, you guys are both observational. Um, your art is based in, Joe, what you observe and then what you can change the perspective. Scott, your poetry, and I mean, in every book you've done, there's observational stuff that you you turn everyday items, everyday places, everyday things into oftentimes metaphor, allegorical uh, aspects. This is one of the reasons why I grew up, when I was a little kid, and I mean before I was five, we lived in Longview. And the old fresh air... Mm-hmm. That's what we. That's what my parents called it. The the fresh air uh, was where we shopped, and I remember as a kid being amazed at the doors that opened automatically and things like that. And you've got a poem in here, and now I can't find it again. That's the one you mentioned earlier, the galaxy yeah. at the edge of town. Yes, uh, and of course, if you're from the Hickory area, then you recognize. That we're not talking about the the galaxy as in the universe. We're talking about the galaxy as in the fresh air galaxy. Yes, um, and, but but and and I'm wondering about the photograph that Joe chose or or you guys chose 
to go along with that. Guys, we have got to go back to Melanie. We got to go back to print on this and put page numbers in it. Talk to the authors. I can't find it. Hey guys, is it okay if I put some page numbers? I'm just in? a layout. Are you looking for the jar of lightning bugs? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the jar. The jar of lightning bugs. Lightning bugs. Well, it, it looks like lightning bugs. It does. Oh, here it is. Here it is. It's on page. No page. No. Uh, <laughs> Scott, I wish you would read this for us. I'm trying to find it now um, myself. <laughs> Push it to the back of the book. Is it? That's what I thought it's was in the of, back. It's kind of in the middle. Okay. Kind of in the middle, kind of. And if you if you really look for the picture, because my question is, how does this illustration speak to this poem? And uh, this is one that we kind of cheated on. Um, that was a um, the, uh, a book cover. For my book, um, by that title, I don't know how many years ago it's been. Um, yeah. Here. Okay, so I'm, this, I'm failing. This <laughs> photograph, I think there it passed. There you yeah. go. Okay. So, thinking about the next big bang in the galaxy at the edge of town is the name of the poem and the name of the the book from years ago. And and I I wanted to use that play on the idea of a, a grocery store being called the galaxy, and. Um, how to a, a child's perspective, something like a grocery store could represent a galaxy. That's great. So in the galaxy at the edge of town, there is still plenty of fresh air. Space is abundant. Light is spread evenly everywhere. Children keep rattling wheels moving forward. The machinery of popular of produce continues. Seven languages are spoken. A homeless man seeks shelter, jacket pulled tight around him, orbs of eyes concealed beneath rings of his hat's brim. Stock boys wait for beauty to descend and need them. They dream constellations in their hands, spin cans to face the front. Potentialities, polarities, cosmic design are all worked out in the commerce of heavenly bodies. Everything moves in perpetual orbit. A man walking between rows wonders at the infinity of choice spread out before him, thinks one day decisions won't matter. At closing time, they walk towards the black hole of windows, afraid of no gravity but their own. That's just, that's just marvelous. <laughs> that's just a wonderful you. word choice. I just love this. Um, uh, potentialities, polarities, cosmic design are all worked out in the commerce of heavenly bodies. Yeah, I, I'm That's old great to remember when you could go into a grocery store and it was so much smaller and they would have one or two brands of the same item, if you will, and that was it. Now you go into a grocery store and it's just, it seems endless. It's immense. And I think most people, um, you know, 10 years younger than I am, that's what they've grown to expect. Anything less than that is, is a convenience store. It's not a grocery store. Um, and I, I'm just amazed at how sometimes we can be dissatisfied when we have that many choices of oatmeal or peanut butter or whatever it is you, you want. You've got all these choices presented to you now. Uh, it, it's like we have a universe of choice every time we go out. And, so. and, and that's exactly the way that we see the universe ever since we, we've been able to see all of the galaxies. And we've had Carl Sagan say to us, there are billions and billions of galaxies. Well, there's billions and billions of choices in the grocery store. How many cereals can you really 
consume at one time? How many brands of coffee is there? Uh, and we could say the same for books. You know, it's like I buy books sometimes hoping that I'm buying the time to read them more than I am actually, you know, <laughs> buying the book to actually read. Well, speaking about the universe, your poem, Address. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the last line where you end it. You said, I can always live, I can always only live in one particular place at one particular time. When you go through the process of creating a poem, what inspires you to write that poem? What inspired you to write that one in particular? I've always, I think like everyone who spends any time in Hickory, you become kind of fascinated with the street names. Um, And... Yes, you you laugh at the street names, and then every once in a while you realize, well, wait a minute, though. I mean, if you think about it, the the specificity of 838 4th, not just Avenue, but Avenue Drive, not just Avenue Drive, but Avenue Drive Northwest, it's like the the grid is drawn and you can pinpoint it. It it could only be right here, Mm -hmm. right here. And there's something about that specificity that says embrace that mm-hmm. so be there at that moment in time and 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 really embrace it recognize it um, enjoy everything that it has to offer there's a huge irony and i have to apologize to someone <laughs> um we put this book together before we uh well my father-in-law really decided that we were going to move mm-hmm. And this poem begins, I live at 838 Fourth Avenue Drive Northwest. And as of today, that's no longer true. We closed on that house today. Oh. So my apologies go out to the family that has bought this house. And <laughs> I, 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 walk it's yeah, I hope that won't be the case. Oh, but. my God. I hope some, somebody's about tapping on their windows one night. Is this where the poet lives? Yeah. <laughs> she, she could tell them that, well, that was true, but all things change. And, uh, there's I, I, a, I think that's interesting. That speaks to like um, um, it's spe- specific. You be there in that place, but around here you can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific. You know, it's 50th Avenue Circle Northeast, yeah. but you can't find it. No. So it, is there something cosmic about that? that <laughs> It seems like half of them are one-way streets, too, so you got to... Oh, I know. Make sure you look for the signs and the direction the cars are going. And thank God the GPS now knows, because early GPS did not seem to pay attention to one-way streets. But the GPS now knows when something's a one-way street where it doesn't have you going down the wrong way. I've done that before, unfortunately. I had a police car one time. Oh, my goodness. I remember when they changed um, Highland Avenue used to be Mm two-way. Mm-hmm. And now it's one way. And the, the Ninth Street going towards Lenora and their, their mm-hmm. Tasty Freeze, that used to be two ways, too. Yep. At the, the Tasty Freeze, it's no longer there. No longer there. It, it, it used it, to be the ABC store, but now it's the substation. Now it's the oh. substation because the ABC stores in, increased in size to where the, the ABC stores are just like the grocery stores. You know, how many kinds of vodka are there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would think uh, that a, uh, a book being published right now would be completely up to date, um, but we were talking about the poem used to earlier, mm-hmm. and um, I realized just the other day, let's see, down here in the poem, it says, uh, they're talking about old buildings, and the Hickory News Building in this poem has been changed to Beyond Appearance. Right. I used to work there. It's no longer Beyond Appearance. Yeah, somebody else now has right. purchased it. Yeah. So even before this book is published, 
things are not what they used to be. Yeah. So. The same thing happened with the Newton Then and Now book. Yeah. We spotlighted a couple of businesses in the Newton Then and Now book that were out of business before the book <laughs> came out. And moreover, the day after the book came out, they brought a bunch of uh, heavy machinery down to Newton and completely changed the square wow. around the courthouse from how it originally was. The same thing kind of happened with the Hickory book mm-hmm. when we started doing the plans for it. They were tearing up downtown Hickory, and you know, I think some of your folks were tr- shooting around some of that construction mm-hmm. and things like that down there. So, Melanie, can you talk to us a little bit about the layout of this book and any? Did you run into any um, um, problems, or was it a was it a joy to, to do? Or? I had the best time with this book, mainly because I was working with Joe. I, I didn't get to work with Scott very often, except towards the end. But um, that's because Scott was moving because he told everybody where he lived. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't want people coming up there ever trying to borrow money. But it was a lot of fun to work with Joe because um, I started out as a photographer. And so Joe and I sort of, we had sort of the same language and, you know, um, but Joe is classically trained and I'm what's called guerrilla photography trained because I was in newspaper and um, I would shoot concerts and I'd be in the pit and, you know, that kind of thing. So my stuff was not artistic like Joe's is. So we have two different ways of shooting. I shoot emotionally. So, but um, I had a lot of fun with Joe going through, you know, his photographs and um, he could look at something and say, okay, that looks like that's not, you know, that's not clear enough or, you know, the sky's not blue enough or we're losing the clouds. And I was trying to explain to him about when we print, it's going to come out darker or I lightened it up just a little. And um, he went back and toned his photographs for me. And so we sort of got that down pat and coming up with the idea of the layout. Um, Joe and Scott pretty much had their layout in place, didn't you? Mm, pretty much. And so you had your own idea of the way things were looking. When you start doing a layout like that, how do you put it together? Do you thumbnail it? How do you? I usually, what I'm trying to do originally is just trying to match the point with the photo. I just want them on facing pages for each other. So when he can look at them, I can look at them. Um, so I just usually create some kind of document where I can put them face to face. And um it would be nice sometimes if we if it would kind of work out where they're the same format, we had to change a little bit. But that's the first thing is, like, you, you let him look at it. They think the two respond to each other, and it lets me kind of know what else I need to work on. Not as kind of a mess when he's got a list of poems mm-hmm. and trying to pick out which picture goes to what. So, Scott, whenever you're, um, for instance, web works, that, that poem, um, and it's the picture of the spider web in the corner of the porch. Right. What inspired, when you look at that photograph, are you inspired by that to write a poem, or what inspired you to write that poem so that Joe could match it? Um, well, that that poem, I, I love spider webs, and um, I love seeing them uh, as you do in that photo, particularly when they're, like, outlined with dew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're just beautiful, and... Um, of course, anywhere, if you live anywhere around here, you, you're going to have seen spider webs. Mm-hmm. So um, the poem was actually written from an actual spider web that I encountered uh, one morning. And, uh, but, but Joe can go from the words to finding the perfect photograph. And sometimes I would point him in a direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, my favorite photo, uh, 
I'll say that. I have probably four or five favorites, but one of my absolute favorites is the one that goes with uh, a study of steeples. Oh, yeah, I love that photograph. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that Joe had plenty of steeple photographs already. Um, I had seen many of them. But I was just driving home from the coffee shop and drove by this steeple, which is First Baptist downtown. Mm -hmm. And I think I was on 3rd Street. Yeah, 3rd Street. Yeah. And uh, I glanced over my left shoulder, and you could see the steeple through the lace work, if you will, of this winter tree. And Mm -hmm. I thought, that's breathtaking. So I texted Joe and said, hey, Joe, I know you already have a photo for this, but uh, (laughs) listen, this is a great opportunity. I think this one might really be good. And Joe is great. He's gone to locations where I've told him, oh, there's a great photo if if you can take it. Because I'm terrible with photos. Mm -hmm. I might see it, but I can't translate it into a camera Mm -hmm. at all. Um, and so when I saw this, it's like, that's just perfect. That's like exactly what I think should be there. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. And I, like, I, I like the peach the peach colors and the grays, and it looks like it is a winter photograph without even knowing that that's what that is. Right. And see what's beautiful about this photograph? The colors are so subtle mm-hmm. in this that you don't see them the first time you look at it. They, they come upon you slowly, almost like... Uh, you know, they're seeping out. Yeah, like it's the watercolor seeping and, through. And you begin to see it. And this is hard to do, ladies and gentlemen, out there in podcast land in a book that is printed uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away in a commercial fashion of mass marketing, you know, where the machines are running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to to actually get the, 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 the subtle intention that the photographer intends and in this case, in this photograph, it worked because it's there. The, and I think that's part of the back and forth with the layout artist and uh, the photographer. Talking to Melanie when you went over there, I just went, I redid every single picture mm-hmm. from scratch. And I tried to match it up the way you're explaining it to me. Because yeah. I wanted them to look a certain way. And I think they came out really well. I, because, think, I think they did. Because what we're doing, folks out there who don't know how this business works, is we get something called a galley proof. The, the actual printer will send us an example of what the book is going to look like so we have it in our hands and we're able to experience it the same way that the reader does. And in doing that, we're able to look and see how are their machines calibrated, what are, how do their machines see red, how do their machines see cyan, how do their machines see yellow. And we can then go into Photoshop or some other program or, you know, what, what What do you use, Joe, to... to it's um, Lightroom and Photoshop. Okay. With Adobe programs. And we're able to change the image to make up for any loss or any inadequacy that the printer may have. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, we kind of go, wow, now we've got what we really want. Yeah, you kind of have to exaggerate some of the stuff or make it a little more contrasty than normally because of the way the printers are set up and... No two printers are alike. So we could print that book on three different printers and it would look different. Because the book, being a mass-produced book, it's not one of these expensive, you know, $150 hardcover. It's not an offset book. Yeah, where it is where it is printed and, and it's watched and it's perfect and all the CMYK is, is measured and, and the machine that it's on, they use a densitometer on a daily basis to be able to to check the cover. These are machines that are just put through the ringer, yeah. and they're rarely ever stopped for maintenance or calibration. It would be nice to have one of those books, but I'd rather have something that's affordable that the general public can get yeah. enjoy. 
And, and, and at $30, dollars $30, $35 is what this book runs. And again, you can use our uh, coupon of fall23 on redhawkpublications.com to uh, pre-order the book. The book will be here sometime uh, about a week or so after this podcast drops. Um, and I, you would pay that much for a, a single print. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. And, oh, my and, God. And now you've you, you got the chance to buy a book with, what, 60 uh, wonderful photos. Absolutely. Like this one, the Looking for Faces in the Night Sky. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites I love as that well. one, too. The no, one that I... Describe that to the listeners. What What is that image? What does that image show? See if you know, and I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's snow. <laughs> no snow? Mm-hmm. I shot it out. I shot it here on campus. Oh, really? It's either snow or rain. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I give up. Let's have that's a the parking lot. It's a double exposure. That's the oh, parking double lot. exposure. Okay. So that's the trees and the parking lot. Every oh, late. okay. It looks like it looks like snow. It or does sky. look like snow. And okay, the, now I see the asphalt. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a marvelous portrait of a mule that was in fun. this book, and it's just beautiful. It's an eight and a half by eleven uh, photograph of a mule. There is uh, there's like. Melanie, you just did like one full bleed section in this yeah, book. Yeah, just and the third the street, signs. third street northwest, third avenue. Yeah, for the poem about the third, the, third. Uh, the, the the longest poem in the book is the why so many of those who are lost in Hickory stay that way forever. Yeah, and uh, Melanie had to bump the photograph over, so she decided to do a full bleed spread on the on the thing, which which had its own challenges with our printers. Well, and I love how you did the uh, the layout for the ontology of rivers as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, with the the photographs. That's a gorgeous photograph. Yeah. Yeah. Is that one of the one that bleeds into yeah. the into the gutter and yeah. goes yeah. onto the other page? It's got this. The full half, the top half is oh, a full bleed. It conveys that sense of how rivers just go on forever. Mm-hmm. We, we can sit here. There's also a beautiful portrait of are these are these daisies? I'm, I'm not. I think a, they're. Um, I'm not. Aren't they uh, black eyed Susans? Black eyed Susans. Where were these shot, Joe? Do you remember? It's over at Hart Square. Over at Hart Square. Okay. So, instead of us sitting here just you know describing them to you, why don't you go to RedHawkPublications.com and buy you a copy of your own, and I will ship it to you as soon as it gets here. Oh, there's the one that. Yeah, yeah the, the with the fog. Yeah. That was a drone shot, of, too. I love driving shot. by the river and seeing that fog lift up. Mm-hmm. So the drone, uh, the, the advent of the drone has really given photography a brand new realm of perspective that it didn't have before. Yeah, well, several pictures, I, again, like the Bunker Hill, I'm like, I've seen the same picture. Like, I want something different. Um, so how did you shoot something like that before? Did you have to go in an airplane or... Yeah, I used to do that. You said to rent a plane or a helicopter. Yeah. I've done quite a bit of that, too. And it was a lot trickier because, you know, you're... You're moving. Moving around, <laughs> shaking. Well, you have a print up at the coffee shop right now that I'm, I'm guessing is probably a drone shop. It's it's shot. It's um, a considerably high aerial view of um, the Bunker Hill Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I really like that because it looks very abstract. It looks like yeah. almost like spider webs. Mm-hmm. If you trees. don't know what you're looking at, I mean, you have to look at it to figure out what it is. Uh, otherwise, it does just look like an abstraction, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. Yeah. See, that's that's what makes photography art right there. That's what brings the art to photography is when you look at it and then you, you realize the brilliance behind that image and what it has taken to bring that image to life. Well, I'm going to add to that because you, you, you've all talked about perspective, you've talked about color, and I want you to look at the, the one uh, that goes with the poem, Pinwheel. 
There oh, are. Yeah. Now, you would think, since I, I wrote most of these poems, that I would be immune to the emotional element. But every time I read the poem, Pinwheel, I'll, I'll cry. And I, I know it's because of the photograph. Mm-hmm. Um, and he found just the perfect, I think, how many times did you go to take that photo? Uh, probably one or three times. Yeah. Before, and it took about that many times to get what I felt I needed. He would he would send me a shot, and I was like, well, I don't, it's nice, but it's not quite right. And then he would, he would go back. He was willing to go back and try again. And he finally got this perfect perspective looking up through the, the wheels, if you will, of the pinwheel um, to the, the blue sky and the clouds above that, to me, just convey the feeling that the poem and the whole uh, story of Zara Baker uh, kind of conveys. Mm-hmm. I um, probably did take a hundred of that one. I tried every angle around that. Um, sculpture is and a, if you look at the colors that he captured in the sculpture itself, mm-hmm. I mean, most of us think of it, oh, it's a metal sculpture. But is that, is it brushed? Is it a brushed metal? It looks like it's brushed metal. I don't think it is. It might be. Uh, uh, most of it is reflections of clouds and other things. I know, I know, I know one thing that Joe is indefatigable. He will he will work and work and work and work until something is as 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 good as it can be, and if his students get uh, two thirds of your indefatigability, they're they're very lucky because you have to be patient to make art. Um, That's an eight syllable word. I'm not sure you can legally use those on air. <laughs> now they, I think for any photographer, Joe works hard. The ultimate is getting a book published. And I have to think Red Hog. Like they made that like that that dream come true. As so I can always, and I, bringing the students into that also mm-hmm. to to give them that opportunity was incredible to be able to do that. Well, that's what we are here for: is to nurture art to market, to bring art out that uh, otherwise might get buried in uh, um, the need to make money and be capitalist. But uh, we love to sell books, so please visit redhawkpublications.com and order some books from us. We'll send them right to you when, when, when we can. I was going to say, too, I think me and Scott are planning on having some of these, book, these pictures on display in this coffee shop. Yeah, we have a, a book launch scheduled as part of Poetry Hickory um, on December 12th. We always start at 615 and Joe and I will have the first uh, 20 minutes. We'll share some, share some poems. And, um, I, yeah, I, I would love to have as many of the photos um, there as, as possible. I'll 60 of them, but I'll do what yeah. I can do. You're going to have some prints for sale on yeah, these? Yeah, I have some prints. I want to have good. some Very good. available. So if you want to own a piece of art that is uh, in a book and you want to own the book, uh, Tasteful Beans Coffee Shop on December 12th, starting punctually at 615 We'll have this information up on our website. You can check it in uh, Tasteful Beans' website as well because Tasteful Beans is kind of like the unofficial sponsor of Red Pub Pod because mm-hmm. we talk about t- Tasteful Beans in every podcast we've done. <laughs> because if you want to see our books in person, Tasteful Beans is, uh, is, the, uh, is the home of those books right out there on the shelf where you can go take a look at a few of them. And if, and if Scott doesn't have one, Scott will get it for you. I think what's nice, too, that's how me and Scott originally met. It was actually a previous owner, and I had some pictures on the display, and I go in there, and there's a poem attached to my photograph. Was that the, the jalopy or the pelicans? The pelicans. The pelicans. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is really cool. And we were started working with our students also. We, it was funny. Yeah. He would give me poems. I'd give him pictures. He'd give the students pictures, and they'd write a poem based off the picture, and it'd just go back and forth. That was, cool. that was pretty fun to do yeah. that, too. But I like it all started there also. 
Well, the book is called Round Here, Images from and Near Catawba County. I'd like to thank Scott Owens and Clayton Joe Young for joining us today. Uh, thank you very much, Melanie Zimmerman, for joining me today when our other two colleagues are out doing important things <laughs> in the community. Uh, my name is Robert Knipe, and I want to appreciate you guys for listening to us. So everybody needs to say, Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Red Pod. Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Ah, that was excellent, Joe, for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very, very much. I hope that we hear from you again. Thanks for listening to Red Pub Pod. A podcast. Red Pub Pod. From Red Hog Publications. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod.